Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever going to have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen, use the promo code, and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. In fact, today's Stone Zone show will be the last of 2023 as we take a hiatus until after New Year's. So after tonight, well, we will see you next year. Uh, if you've been following the news, uh, the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court gave Special Counsel Jack Smith a lump of coal for Christmas when they denied his efforts to fast track a decision regarding the uh, immunity from prosecution under the Constitution by President Donald Trump, ordering that that must be first decided by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals before it could go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Also, at the same time, in the 11th Circuit of Florida, Trump's lawyers filed a motion questioning whether special counsel Jack Smith was ever legitimately appointed and seated as a special counsel based on the fact that uh, he has not ever been approved by the U.S. Congress. 
that appointment, uh, nor is he a sitting U.S. attorney. Since there is no special counsel law in place, uh, if you recall, we had a very special show about this several days ago. President Trump himself re-showed uh, that uh, edition of the Stone Zone on True Social. That was with uh, my friend, attorney Paul Kaminar. But joining me now uh, is, uh, is a great fighting patriot, uh, formerly my co-host on The War Room at Infowars.com, and now, thank God, a free man yet again, Owen Schroyer joins me now in the Stone Zone. Great to be here, <laughs> Roger. It's great to be here. Uh, two men that the corrupted Democrat Party and U.S. government wanted to put in jail and have us suffer and tortured, but two free men today able to talk on the air, so it's uh, quite a pleasure to be here. Well, I must say uh, some of the fondest memories in my entire life, perhaps the happiest time I can recall, was when you and I co-hosted the war room there at InfoWars. Uh, we broke a lot of news. Uh, we, uh, we informed a lot of people. We educated a lot of Americans. We woke a lot of people up. I'm extraordinarily proud uh, to have been your co-host uh, in those days, uh, and I have great nostalgic uh, feelings for them. Well, we did have a lot of fun, and of course, we were breaking news and breaking the propaganda that the establishment media tried to shove down the American people's throats every day, and they're still trying to do it, but it's even worse now. You know, you were just talking in the opening monologue there about this out-of-control, deranged Jack Smith, and boy, does he take a major loss today. Obviously, his main motive here is to disrupt or completely dismantle Donald Trump's campaign for president in 2024, but now he's going to have to be put on hold. So they wanted Trump to be in court dealing with all of this stuff in some of the most pivotal, important campaign times. But now that it's been put on hold, Jack Smith is probably tearing his hair out and thinking, oh my gosh, I failed. I can't lock Trump up before the election because we really know that's what was in his mind. It's not about justice. It's not about finding a crime. It's about destroying Donald Trump and stopping him from successfully running and getting elected. And so to, to have that news right before the new year here on Christmas is a, a nice little Christmas gift, I think you might say. Agree more. I mean, look, when the Washington Post editorial page agrees, when uh, analysts on CNN agree, when even my old friend Mike Smirkanish uh, agrees over at CNN, uh, that this is a political move by Smith, that this, that his interest is in speed rather than justice. Um, well, that is a, a cold day when those folks tell the truth. So um, you have now, like me, you've been in the meat grinder. You know what it's like. Uh, just for those of you who may not know, I just want to be absolutely clear. You never entered the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, and you were standing outside expressing your First Amendment rights. Is that correct? That is also correct. So, uh, pardon me then, what therefore is your crime that you were sentenced to 60 days for? Well, I was sentenced for the crime of entering restricted government property, which is basically a, a lesser misdemeanor charge, a misdemeanor charge, I will have you know, and I am being treated like a felon. I was treated like a felon by being thrown in a federal prison. 
been treated like a felon with the very strict probation that I have been subject to since 2019, mind you. But not only was I not in the Capitol that day, myself and the team I was with, with InfoWars and Alex Jones, we tried to stop people from going into the Capitol. We tried to help Capitol Police deter the entire event that day. This is all on camera. It was even acknowledged by the U.S. government in their sentencing memo, but they still asked for 120 days. So a dangerous precedent has been set here. And unfortunately, as I was concerned would happen, multiple journalists have now been charged since my sentencing. So they got away with it with me. I was the test case. Can we sentence a journalist to prison for simply the First Amendment? And they got away with it. And so now they're coming after other journalists. And and what concerns me broader range, Roger, is that we're now looking at a potential for future generations of Americans that have to live afraid to speak. They have to live thinking that the government might arrest them and imprison them for their legal, lawful speech and their First Amendment right. That is something that breaks my heart for future generations of Americans because you you may be aware of this as, as I am. We're not afraid. We don't censor ourselves. But yet there's always a thought. There's always a lingering cloud in our mind that is this going to land me in jail? Is this interview going to land me in jail? Is this speech going to land me in jail? Is this event going to land me in jail? It's always there. When you've been through this persecution, it's like a involuntary muscle movement. You cannot help it. It's always there. And I'm worried that this is what future uh, generations of Americans are going to have to deal with, and and even worse, journalists now. Absolutely right. As you will recall, I was subjected to an extraordinarily strict gag rule. So uh, while I was standing trial in D.C. on the completely fabricated charges of lying to Congress, Uh, when no statement I made to Congress, if it was a misstatement, was relevant, was was material, hid any underlying crime. A very cleverly constructed process crime indictment really designed just to pressure me to turn on President Donald Trump and indeed offer uh, false testimony against him, testify against him, which, as you know, because we talked about it at the time, uh, I refused to do. Uh, But uh, you're absolutely right. Even to this day, uh, when I tap out uh, a message for social media, I think twice before I push send. Uh, That's how draconian these uh, times are. Uh, I do want to congratulate you, though. I I appeared when I was posting earlier today that not only is your new profile up on X, formerly known as Twitter, but I believe they restored your old page. Is that correct? That is correct. I got released from the federal prison and then I got released from the Twitter prison all in the same week. So that was very exciting. And it's amazing because people have been so desperate for truth in media, obviously for some time now. And and you and I have filled that void for a while, but that's why we got censored. And so now to be able to have my personal account and my professional media account uh, rolling again, where we can share what we're doing on our talk shows and we can share some of the news with a with a perspective coming from the truth instead of the propaganda that the mainstream media uh, gives us. This is really key entering the 2024 election phase. And in fact, Roger, you, you've been saying this probably louder and before anybody else, how important free speech on the Internet is 
towards the results in the election. I think that the Democrats were a little behind in that. They learned it the hard way in 2016. That's why in 2020, they went so heavy handed with the censorship, censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, censoring individuals that were Trump supporters off of social media platforms. So they got the message. Unfortunately for them, it was too late. Trump had already won in 2016. But boy, oh boy, did they engage in massive censorship in 2020. And But, you know, we still got an uphill battle here. I mean, it's nice that Twitter has allowed some what free speech back on there, definitely more than the other platforms. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, we're still dealing with massive censorship here. I think Rumble is a great platform, but it still doesn't get the masses that YouTube gets. It's a very targeted audience. Same with Facebook. A lot of interactions talk uh, take place on Facebook, a great place to get news to your friends and family. Still massive censorship happening there. And the other big social media platforms. So we still have an uphill battle, but I think that at least having Twitter as a free speech weapon in our arsenal going into 2024, I think that gives us a little more leverage than we had in 2020. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree with your analysis. First of all, my at least uh, rhetorically, my hat is off to Elon Musk uh, for returning uh, the free speech rights of so many. I also congratulate him for recently deciding to restore our mutual friend Alex Jones. Uh, great kudos to Tucker Carlson, who I think conducted a great two-hour interview with Alex that shows people that Alex is not some cartoon character, that that Alex doesn't just say things without some grounding, without some, uh, you know, some basis uh, uh, in the research that he's done. Now, I don't agree with Alex Jones on everything. You don't agree with Alex Jones on everything. He certainly doesn't agree with me on anything, everything. But I really feel very strongly about his right to say whatever he does think. It's called the First Amendment. It's called uh, free speech. You mentioned Facebook because this is uh, I'm kind of locked in an epic battle with them. I'm banned for life from Facebook. Uh, on the day that the Circuit Court of Appeals uh, upheld uh, the the uh, my uh, uh, my conviction, uh, there was a report put out by some Soros funded phony baloney group that claimed that I had hundreds, hundreds of fake Facebook profiles. It's not true. I had one for the Stone Zone, one personal one, one for each of the books that I've written. I've written five books uh, and one for my style blog, Stone on Style. Nonetheless, I am to this day banned for life on Facebook. That's fine, except for there is a Roger Stone on Facebook. This Roger Stone has a profile. He has over he or she or whoever this is has over 6,000 followers. Uh, people have contacted me saying, oh, I just followed you on Facebook. No, you're you're not following me. And they said, oh my God, I just sent you a, a job application and my banking information. So people need to be extraordinarily wary. I am not on Facebook, folks. If you see a Roger Stone on Facebook, even if the, if the images and the graphics, all of which have been taken from X, and posted over onto Facebook to give you the false impression, well, folks, I'm sorry, that's me. And the irony of this is, of course, if I did uh, set up a new uh, profile on Facebook, I have no doubt that I would be shut down like that. Well, before I respond to that, Roger, you know, normally 
I, I wouldn't cover this head of hair with a hat while I'm while I'm doing an interview. But you know, my hat is off, and and so I feel like though I've got you know you've got this nice hat on, and and I feel like maybe that uh, I think it's time for me to uh, give a little homage to you. I saw Roger wearing this hat on air uh, probably like four months ago, and I said, damn. Roger Stone makes that hat look good. He's probably the only person that could even pull a hat like that off. And he said, well, why don't you give it a try, Schroyer? I think you could pull it off. So I'm giving it a go. I'm giving it a go. It's the Roger Stone hat. It was a gift from Roger. I'm very thankful. I, I thought there's no way I could pull it off like Roger. I mean, Roger Stone on style. Am I, is it working for you? It, it, it's, it looks absolutely amazing. Let me make one slight suggestion. You want to cock it very slightly to the side. There you go. You got it. Do so I got it now? You got it. It looks terrific, by the way. Well, thank uh, look, you very much. Here's the interesting thing. These are called Panama hats, but they actually aren't made in Panama. They were never made in Panama. They're actually made in Ecuador. Uh, they are completely done by hand, weaved by hand. The finer the weave, the more expensive the hat. N neither one of these hats are that expensive because you don't have to spend a fortune to look great. The reason they call them Panama hats is because the men working to build the Panama Canal wore them to shield themselves from the brutal sun. And they were popularized. The man who brought them from Panama uh, to the United States was none other than President Theodore Roosevelt. When he went down to survey the construction going on on the Panama Canal, which at that point belonged to us, uh, he saw the workers wearing these great-looking hats, so he got himself one. He was seen wearing it in Washington, and boom, the Panama hat became a craze uh, for the well-dressed gentleman in the United States. Uh, I strongly suggest, uh, Owen, you never take that hat off. That looks amazing. Folks, this is the kind of intelligence you can only get from Roger Stone, okay? You just can't get this type of information anywhere else. Uh, maybe I'll never take it off. You know, I got a, I got a little Christmas event tonight. I was going to wear my Santa hat, but maybe I'll just go with the Panama hat. Very lightweight too. I can see how this would be nice to work in, in, uh, in hot weather. But Roger, let, let me, let me respond to what you talked about in the last, um, before I put the hat on here, because what you actually, what you're talking about is very, very important. And a lot of people don't really fully understand this. And I've had to take legal action. And I would actually suggest you do the same. You can follow the standard that I set here if you would like, because so far we've had a good result. So Roger is talking about how he's banned from Facebook, but yet somebody can go on Facebook and essentially steal his digital identity and digitally defame him. Well, this is kind of a new precedent with social media in the internet world, right? You get banned from a platform, but then somebody else pretends to be you and talks for you in your image and all this stuff. So the same thing happened to me on Twitter, Roger, where I was banned and I couldn't have a voice for myself, yet some deranged individual was on there. And I don't know what types of content you're the person that's stealing your digital identity on Facebook. But this person was sharing extremely lewd, crude, rude content, insulting my family, insulting my mother, uh, sharing very graphic adult imagery and, and suggestive things like that. Obviously, stuff that I would never do, I'm not into. But that account was verified on Twitter. And a lot of people were trying to reach out to that account, had shared personal information with that account, thinking it was me. In other words, it was a big disaster. So uh, we actually, my, my legal counsel, and, and you know, this is part of the pain 
of going up against the corrupt establishment is, is we're just constantly in, involved in litigation. And, and Roger, you know that as much as anybody. But uh, my legal team and I had to take action and we subpoenaed X for this individual's personal information. And uh, we're going to be moving forward with a lawsuit and we're going to try to set a precedent with this digital defamation and digital identity theft. Not like somebody stealing your credit card or anything like that, but somebody going on the Internet, presenting themselves as you on social media, specifically on platforms where you don't exist or you've been banned that can bamboozle and trick people into thinking negative things about you. I mean, we had guests cancel on us. Uh, we had people reaching out saying, hey, used to follow your show, can't do it anymore. So we had to take this action. It's ongoing litigation. Uh, Twitter finally removed the fake account and gave me my account back, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, now we're in the process of trying to get this individual's personal information and, and building a case uh, in, in that direction. So, Roger, unfortunately, believe me, brother, I, I know the last thing you want to do is engage in more litigation. But unfortunately, I think that's what we have to do to stop our digital identities from being stolen and defamed. We're going to go for, to a quick commercial break here, and then we'll be back with Owen Schroyer. In the meantime, if you want to get your very own Roger Stone, this is a stone to which I have signed my name. Owen has one. I've got a great picture of he and I together with him holding it. You can go to StoneZone.com. It's the perfect stocking stuffer. StoneZone.com. It's a white stone signed by me in fulfillment of the white stone prophecy in the Bible. You might want to check that out. I'll be right back with the great Owen Schroyer. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com
I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98, or rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper as low as $99.99, or how about My Pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. All right, folks. Uh, please remember that we are sponsored and hosted by the great folks at MyPillow.com. Uh, when you go to MyPillow.com, well, use promo code STONE. Now, everybody has somebody uh, that they forgot to get a Christmas gift for. So if you're scrambling uh, and those folks you're trying to get stuff for at the very last minute, let me urge you to do your shopping at MyPillow.com. Whether it is uh, the dog beds uh, or the pet blankets, a great favorite uh, of mine, or the men and women's moccasin slippers, uh, or the uh, revolutionary new MyPillow 2.0, with the built-in cooling technology. These and many other great products uh, are available at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com and I sustained Mrs. Stone and I through some very, very difficult times. Uh, and I'm most grateful to Mike Lindell uh, for letting me be an ambassador for MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code STONE when you do. All right, we're back with Owen Schroyer, uh, now a newly free man. Uh, I am really happy to have him on the show. Uh, I can tell you firsthand, when, when I was going through difficult times, there he is with his very own Roger Stone. You can get your Roger Stone. There we go. You can get your Roger Stone by going to stonezone.com, stonezone.com. Go to the shop there and... We'll ship that baby out to you tonight uh, if you get your order in. So this is a, a personally, this is not a weapon, by the way, folks. Do not throw these at anybody. This is a paperweight. It is meant for strictly peaceful purposes. Peaceful purposes. Very important to say that. Uh, so, uh, look, I, as I was starting to say, uh, when I was going through very difficult times, uh, Owen Schroyer and I prayed together. He had my back. Uh, there was no stronger or more articulate supporter of mine, uh, both privately and publicly, and that is something that I will never forget. Here's something I can tell you. When you go through difficult times, when you're targeted by a, a well-funded, vengeful uh, federal government and you've done nothing wrong, this is when you find out who your real friends are and you find out who are the people are who pretended to be your friends but were only your friends because they thought there was something you could do for them. Owen Schroyer is in that former category. Uh, and uh, I will never forget his support for me. He was there when I was on trial. I remember very distinctly praying together in the hallway of the hotel where I was staying. Uh, 
uh, and uh, it really uh, it, it made a huge difference in my outlook. And of course, uh, all of your prayers made a huge difference. Uh, likewise, I prayed for you, Owen. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in the can. Well, isn't that amazing? Because there's no doubt in the power of prayer, especially when you go through something like that, when the, when the chips are stacked against you, the cards are rigged against you, and you can still some way find your way out of what the evildoers, the demons had intended for you. You know, and Roger, I think in a way, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that not only does God not give you any tests that you can't pass, he also... He also takes you down paths so that you can see things that you may not have otherwise seen. And certainly my prison sentence, my time in prison did just that. And it, and it brings a new issue to light for me that I, I, I intend to talk a lot about in the future, which is not just justice reform, but also prison reform. Both of these issues need to be eloquently explained and brought to the public so we can do something about it. But as far as my time is concerned, for a short sentence, you know, and my sentence was inches compared to the miles that many other political prisoners are having to endure, I pretty much got the worst treatment that you could imagine. I mean, I don't know what else they could have done to me other than have a bunch of prison guards jump me and beat me. But short of that, uh, I spent a week in solitary confinement. Immediately after being removed from there, they sent me to the special housing unit, which is basically now you're in a high security prison situation. It's the prison inside the prison. That's where they send people when you shank somebody or, or smuggle in contraband. And I got sent to the special housing unit for a phone call I made, letting people know that I was out of solitary and thanking them for the mail and the books. Totally vanilla, totally milquetoast. And they threw me in special housing for that, where I was supposed to spend the rest of my sentence. And if it wasn't for some guardian angels on the inside releasing me early, I would have spent virtually my entire sentence in there. But they wanted me to know that my beef is not with the individuals inside the prison, though there were some issues with that, too, that really everything that they had to do to me came from the very top. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. These were some off the record conversations. But basically everything that was done to me in there came from the very top. So not only did I spend the majority of my time in confinement, um, only three movements a week, and that's 15 minutes to shower on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, no access to anything, phones or, or nothing on the outside. If it wasn't for the prayers and the letters of support that I was getting and the books I was gifted, it, it would have been an, an unbearable hell. But I was able to read and I was able to, to read letters, very supportive letters, which reaffirmed my faith in the American people in many ways. And the prayers got me out early, I have no doubt about that but they also lost at least 1500 maybe 2500 dollars worth of my property i wasn't even able to get access to commissary until day 35 but all the letters that they sent me that were sent my first week all the books that were sent my first week many of them rare books leather-bound books i happen to know they're very expensive because i've looked into purchasing some myself they lost it the prison lost it or stole it just gone. Imagine that losing somebody's property, two gigantic bags worth, two gigantic trash bags worth of property, just gone. And it's a lot of letters that I didn't even have time to open. Some people mailed me checks in there. So just checks that are just lost. Who knows the fate of those? And so that was another thing I had to endure. And then the final cherry on top, Roger, had to be what happened to me after I got released. They pulled me out uh, just after midnight 
on a Friday and they wouldn't let me get a personal ride either. They wouldn't allow me a personal ride. So they had a BOP employee take me to a bus stop where I was supposed to hop on a Greyhound bus and go to Houston to San Antonio to Austin, like 10 hour ride would have been miserable uh, with my five bags of property, letters, books, everything else, just with my prison shirt and sweats. I have no cell phone, no wallet, no access to anything. And so I, through a liaison, was able to schedule somebody to pick me up at the bus stop. So I gave another prisoner, hey, here's my bus information. Can you can you make a call for me and let this individual know that this is where I'm going to be and this is what time so that they can pick me up at the bus stop so I don't have to endure this ridiculous bus drive? Well, they dropped me off at the wrong bus stop, Roger. I mean, I, from the beginning to the end, it was just, it was just one uh, – fooled up, fouled up thing after the other. They dropped me at the wrong bus stop. So it's 2 a.m., I guess in Lafayette, Louisiana. I, I don't know. I just get dropped off in an unfamiliar town in the middle of nowhere. It happened to be 30 degrees that night in Lafayette. And so I'm sitting out there for hours at the wrong bus stop. Now, luckily, the individuals that I had arranged to come pick me up from the bus uh, bus stop were savvy enough to realize hey, he's not here by now, something's messed up, and they just plugged into the GPS bus stops nearby and were eventually able to find me and give me a ride home. So, I mean, the whole thing was just fouled up from the very beginning, and a lot of that, a lot of it was personal coming from the higher-ups in the DOJ, as I was informed, but a lot of it is just basic incompetence that goes on in these prisons and basic lack of care or concern. The truth is, most or a lot of prisoners deal with the same nonsense I had to deal with, but their stories never get out because they don't have the platform or the following that I have. So I feel a bit of a duty to tell these stories so that people can know how bad it is. Most of the people that are in these prisons do not belong there. We're talking about nonviolent criminals. We're talking about some non-criminals, period. But here's what we have going on in the justice system, Roger, and you know this. The U.S. attorneys and the U.S. prosecutors their incentive is conviction. There's no justice. Justice never goes through their head. Only how can I get my conviction rate up? How can I get a conviction? So they ridiculously overcharge you, and then they assume you're going to take the plea bargain. And then their conviction rates remain high. And that's how they figure they can climb the ladder. Justice never comes into play on that side of the aisle. And then you have the bench. You have the judge. Their incentive is imprisonment. They got to fill the prisons. It's an industry after all. So justice never comes into the picture. And I can explain this, and, and I feel I've explained it really well here. But, Roger, as you know, until you're in that courtroom and you're in that corner and you know that the table across from you with the U.S. attorneys and you know that the bench above you with the U.S. judge is all weighed against you and you realize there was never a shot for you, there was never justice coming into the equation, it's such a lonely, isolating, desolate feeling that you really can't even describe. And that's what goes on with many people in the justice system. There is no justice anymore, Roger. It's incentivized convictions and imprisonments. Very well stated. You know, I was so naive uh, that the morning that 29 SWAT-clad FBI agents surrounded my home and then descended on it, arriving in 17 armored vehicles, government helicopter overhead, two amphibious units in the backyard. Uh, the government spent $1.1 million on my arrest, 
when all they had to do was inform my lawyer that I was going to be charged, and I, of course, would have turned myself in. But that wouldn't have created the circus sport CNN that they were counting on. Uh, the point of guess, which was either intimidation of me, well, I'm Sicilian, so I wasn't intimidated, or perhaps the idea was to intimidate others uh, who were uh, jammed up in the Mueller investigation uh, into rolling over and offering false testimony uh, to help the prosecutors. I declined to do that. Uh, and I actually thought, well, I'm going to get a fair trial. I'm going to have an opportunity to prove that all these allegations of Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration uh, is nonsense. And that things I said on my Twitter account, which is really what I was prosecuted for, were things that were largely found in the public domain. All you had to do is set a Google alert for Julian Assange, and you would have known that Assange said in multiple interviews that he had very damning information about Hillary Clinton, and he was going to publish it in October. Prosecutors in my case acted like that was some state secret, that, that, that I had some inside source other than the one I correctly and accurately identified, a man named Randy Credico, who lied about it under oath to cooperate with the prosecutors. Uh, no, it, it is absolutely a nightmare because they teach you in school uh, that justice is blind, when in fact, sadly, today in America, it's a rigged system. Uh, you did make a reference to beef, so I have to follow up on this. Uh, Owen, how was the food in there? Oh, oh, I, I it's it's the worst food. You, it's like high, it's like cafeteria food, but the worst you could ever imagine. And unfortunately, like I said, I didn't even get any commissary food until day 35 and so most people in there really try to avoid the actual prison food as much as they can they just live off the commissary food but i didn't have access to that till day 35 uh i lost 15 pounds when i was in there roger i lost 15 pounds i hadn't weighed under 160 pounds probably since high school and uh, i lost 15 pounds i've gained um probably at least seven or so maybe more of it back by now but uh, it, it was horrible. At the beginning, you try not to eat it because it's so gross. But then you realize either eat it or starve. And then you get to such a point where you even if you see f hair in your food, you just eat around it because it's either eat that food or starve. But you're still hungry. Hunger and sleep deprivation are pretty much all the time when you're in there. Um, you, you never know what kind of treatment you're going to get from the prison that day, they always try to keep you off balance. Uh, but the food, I mean, you wouldn't even feed this to your dog, Roger. Uh, it was very interesting. I read Paul Manafort's book, which, by the way, I very highly recommend it to you. Uh, he talks extensively about how his faith sustained him in prison. He was in for you know almost two years uh, when, in fact, he didn't do anything wrong either. They charged him for crimes that 15 years previously they had examined and determined that there was insufficient evidence for any kind of prosecution. They just recycled those, had nothing to do with Donald Trump, had nothing to do with the Russians. Uh, but his book was really inspirational to me for two reasons. One, as I say, uh, he talked about uh, how his faith sustained him uh, and how, uh, you know, reading the Bible and praying really kept up his spirits and his strength. But also, he talked extensively about 
how he was treated by the other prisoners that he came in contact with who largely realized that, well, he'd gotten screwed and treated him extraordinarily well. How did you find your fellow inmates to the extent that you were allowed to come in contact with them? I would share a similar experience as Manafort, uh, that the prisoners, you know, and, and the way I think it goes, generally speaking, is you realize that nobody else has your back when you're in there except your fellow inmates. I mean, that's it. The, the prison doesn't have your back. The Justice Department doesn't have your back. They try to cut you off from your lawyers as much as they possibly can. So they make it so even your lawyers can't have your back. I mean, it's a, it's they do you so dirty in there. It's unbelievable. But. You know, I wonder how similar it was with Manafort because as soon as, you know, everything moves slow in prison except word travels fast. And so it, it, it got out pretty, pretty rapidly that uh, I was a talk show host on TV and radio on the Internet. And um, let's just say I probably had a bigger celebrity status inside than I even did on the outside. Uh, with with all the people coming up to me saying, hey, Owen, hey. And it's like I never even meet, met these people. People want me to tell their story on my show. Uh, people want me to share their rap albums and everything else. Um, so really the treatment from the prisoners was, aside from a couple people you could tell were a little, you might say, envious because, you know, the, I, I didn't go to a very political prison, but there are a lot of politics in prison. And, you know, normally you don't get to sit front row center at the TV set. Normally it takes a long time for you to earn that spot. And, well, let's just say some people shuffled me right up to the front row center of the TV. And there were some people that were bitter about that. Uh, there were some people that were bitter that I got a lot of mail and they didn't. And so there was a little bit of that. But that was very few and far between. It was mostly supportive. And, and look, I'll even tell you, most of the guards and the workers in there, like me too. And if they didn't know or like me before, they went and eventually looked up my stuff and then they would come into me and say, Hey, I like your stuff. That's good stuff. Keep it up. You know, we're just doing our job. I mean, how many times I had to hear that one. I couldn't even count. We're just doing our job. And they wanted to make it clear though, like, Hey, you know, all this stuff that's going on to you in here, this is coming from the higher ups. This is not coming from us in here, but yeah, in, in prison, you realize quickly that uh, nobody else really can have your back or does have your back except your fellow inmates. So uh, I would say most of the inmates were, were friendly towards me and uh, wanted to try to help me get it through as easily as possible. And um, yeah, they want me to tell they want me to tell the world about what really goes on in those prisons, as I'm sure Manafort did in his book in many ways. And I also am going to be writing a book. In fact, I've already written most of it when they when they lost my property, Roger, I, I had seven days worth of writing. It was about 30 pages worth of writing. That's all gone. I wasn't able to write while I was in the shoe, but uh, I do have a book that I uh, intend on writing and finishing. I have a lot of writing done when I got out, but uh, I will be writing a book as well. Well, it's interesting. Manafort tells almost an identical story about good Samaritan guards in there who realized that, you know, what was happening to him was unfair. They had no power to do uh, anything about it, although in some cases they showed him uncommon kindness. Uh, so uh, it does kind of restore your faith, even though the system itself is extraordinarily broken. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is The Stone Zone. We're talking to Owen Schroyer, uh, my former co-host on The War Room, uh, until the name of that show got hijacked. We were the original War Room. Uh, Owen still helms the original War Room. Uh, Owen, what time does your show now air uh, at Infowars.com? 
We're still three to six p.m. weekdays, and it's uh, it's my favorite time to be on the air. I love the afternoon drive uh, time slot. It's it's the one I've wanted uh, ever since I was young. So you can go to infowars.com/show. You can go to band.video/warroom, or you can go to owenschroyer.show. Those are all the ways to pick up my uh, transmissions from three to six p.m. on the weekdays. We have talked about the past. When we come back from this commercial break, we're gonna we're gonna leave this behind. We're gonna talk about the future, not only what Owen has planned in the future, but what's going to happen in America in the future. Thanks for joining us on the Stone Zone. We're gonna go to a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. 
There you have it, folks, MyPatriotCigars.com. These are premium, long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars. They come in four different complexities, one for every palate, and I guarantee you the price is right. So whether you're a, an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, check out MyPatriotCigars.com. And now, for the holidays, when you use promo code STONE, it's actually 25% off your order, plus you get a free $10 gift certificate uh, to be used and applied against your next order. Check it out today, MyPatriotCigars.com. All right, we're back with uh, Owen Schroyer and uh, his extraordinary chapeau. Uh, he is, uh, as you know, just been released from federal prison, uh, back on the war room. Owen, I'm really delighted to have you here on the show today. Well, I got to tell you, it was uh, when you get out of there, you kind of got to catch your breath for a second because, as I said earlier, things move so slow in prison. But in the political world, things go a million miles per hour. So it took me a couple days to kind of catch up to that and um, get my feet back under me. But it's good to be back. I feel like I'm fully back now. And, you know, it couldn't be a more important time to be a member of the political media considering the ramifications of the results of the 2024 election now just about 310 days away. Yeah, it's really extraordinary. Uh, the question I get asked the most literally every day is, you know, uh, is it too late? Uh, are we going to lose America? Uh, can Donald Trump really win? Uh, will he win this nomination? The question I get asked the most is, how do we stop them from stealing the next election? As I think you and I both believe, they stole uh, the last election. Any reasonable person who follows uh, coverage in the news media sees that there's more and more evidence virtually every single day regarding the anomalies and irregularities in the last election. Uh, but it's kind of like a, an ocean liner, meaning I am so much more optimistic today than I was just a few weeks ago. Uh, I think, for example, uh, this gambit to try to claim that because of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, specifically Article 3, Donald Trump should be banned from the ballot, uh, I think they're going to get overturned in Colorado by the US, U.S. Supreme Court, and then that's over. No new state can try to do that because courts will have ruled. So I think, just for an example, uh, they have overplayed their hand badly. Uh, the 14th Amendment, uh, Article 3, does not apply for two obvious reasons. Trump has not been convicted of sedition uh, or insurrection in any court anywhere. Secondarily, based on the specific wording of that amendment to the Constitution, it doesn't apply to Donald Trump. He is not, based on previous Supreme Court rulings, an officer of the United States. They lose in any kind of reasonable judicial decision. Uh, yet, only yesterday, you see the same action being brought in uh, California. Uh, so I think that's going to be uh, uh, a dead end. Look, it would be like my saying, you know, I followed these House Oversight Committee hearings, uh, and it's obvious that Joe Biden did get the fruits of wires of millions of dollars from China. Therefore, he's guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors, and he should be kept off the ballot. 
while that's a nice notion, he hasn't been convicted of that. And therefore, he can't be barred from the ballot on that basis. What do you think, Owen? Well, you said the key words there, Roger, didn't you? Fair judicial proceedings. That's the real question here. Now, obviously, this should be an open and shut case, just just given the parameters that you just laid out. I mean, this really is one of the rare cases where it is black and white. But I have a concern, Roger. I have a concern with the Supreme Court. Quite frankly, I don't trust anybody on the Supreme Court except Clarence Thomas. And I'm kind of assuming when this gets to the Supreme Court that Clarence Thomas is going to offer an extremely scathing opinion. And they'll probably try to get him to recuse himself from the decision. But I don't know. I I don't have much faith or or trust in our Supreme Court, even though this should obviously be an open and shut case. So we shall see in time. But as you said, I do think they've jumped the shark, at least in the way that they're doing this so soon now that if they do fail, then – it's over. This strategy for them is over, and it'll have boosted Donald Trump's support um, so much that it's going to ultimately backfire against them. But maybe that was strategic where they said, well, let's find out if we can get away with this. Let's find out if we can just remove Trump from the ballot. Better to do it now than, say, two months from now when it might be too late. So my guess is they still got plenty of strategies to try to keep Trump from running or keep him off the ballot or get him to lose again. But, I mean, I just, I don't know. Putting my faith in the Supreme Court right now is uh, something I don't have too much faith in uh, doing, Roger. Uh, Look, I share your concern uh, on some of the other cases. On the ballot access case, I think it would really be egregious. Uh, They really don't have any legal leg to stand on. On the other hand, look, 21 state attorney generals asked them to review election integrity, and they refused to do so. That's really out of the ordinary. Normally, anytime five states ask the high court to review something, they do so. So uh, when you come to the other question, which is a very significant question, that of presidential immunity, uh, as well as executive privilege, uh, decisions, by the way, the precedent for which are the United States versus Nixon, both of them wrongly decided, because of the hysteria in the country at the time, whipped up by the monolithic news media. So uh, I don't know how the court will come down on the question of presidential immunity. This is something I'm praying over. Uh, I'm a bit more confident uh, about the uh, uh, about the decision regarding ballot access. Uh, Owen, oh, besides uh, returning to your perch uh, at Infowars, uh, what else are what else uh, and a book, which I think, by the way is a great idea because then the book could be made into a documentary, which would really be terrific. Uh, other than breathing free air, which, uh, and being able to take a hot shower whenever you feel like it, you must feel pretty good. Uh, what's on your mind? What, what are your plans? We got about two minutes to go here. Well, you know, in this political media, you always have to be expansive and you always have to be Uh, innovative. And so I intend on doing that in this important presidential election year of 2024. But, you know, the same tenacity that we brought to 2016, the same tenacity we brought to 2020, the same tenacity that I brought in covering your case and defending you in the media, we're going to bring it all in to 2024. And look, I think that we now, not only do we now have more vindication 
It appears that uh, we have a, a freeze here in our connection, so I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank Owen Schroyer from Infowars.com, uh, the host of uh, The War Room. Uh, Owen, a piece of advice, uh, keep a close look at that hat because we both know once Alex Jones sees how good it looks on both of us, well, he's going to want your hat. Uh, in the meantime, this is, as I said, our last show of 2023. We'll see you in 2024. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. God bless all of you who have made the Stone Zone such an incredible success. God bless you and Godspeed. There he is.